The Tao of Self-Confidence, Episode 842 Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. Visit our website at thetaoofselfconfidence.com. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits. Well, hello, friend. Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. I'm your host today, Sheena Yap-Chan, and today I have a phenomenal woman on the show today. She is the co-founder of the Very Asian Foundation and also a journalist, and I'm super excited to have her on today to share her story about confidence. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Michelle Lee. Michelle, how are you today? Maybe you can fill in a little bit more about yourself to the listeners. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for the interest. You know, I there's like, how much time do we have? <laughs> I feel like, you know, we all wear so many different hats. I am a mom, which is my favorite job. Seriously, it's the hardest job. Everyone always says that uh, of a three-year-old. So he's in like full rage, three, three-nager years. I have a wonderful husband whose birthday is today, actually. And then, yeah, I've been a journalist for 20 years. This is my 20th year and have worked all across the country and done some amazing assignments, like literally all natural disasters, anything, anything you can think of, I've covered and had a lot of, you know, like really high highs and really low lows in journalism. And I'm an adoptee as well. And at the same time, I am very close with my Korean family and have been now for more than half my life, helped my sister immigrate to the United States. And because I'm an older adoptee, I'm technically an immigrant and a naturalized citizen. So I feel very connected to so many different, you know, different places and people and, and, and spaces. So yeah, just happy to be here. 20 years journalism. That's probably the, the most important. Well, thank you so much. First off, I just want to celebrate on your 20 year career, because like we mentioned before, being a female journalist is not easy, right? You know, especially with what's been going on in our community, a lot of Asian women who are in journalism are getting, you know, either harassed or targeted because of, you know, the things we're going through. And it takes a lot of courage to go out there and report these things, especially the work that you do. So I commend you and I just want to congratulate you on that. And Michelle, what would be your favorite self-confidence quote? My favorite self-confidence quote, be authentically you. Do you know what I mean? Because another thing <laughs> is, I have always told myself too, is that no one knows, no one has the right answers, right? So you look at someone else and you think, oh man, they're perfect, you know, or I wish I could be them or I'm so jealous. And I've really tried to change that over the years to be like, I love what that person's doing. I would love to learn from that person. And I'm envious, but not jealous of the things that are happening. Because that has helped me with my self-confidence for sure. Like being able to say, I love that about her and I want to learn from it. No one has confidence figured out. No one. <laughs> and your and confidence, I think, is a truly a lifetime work. I totally agree. I mean, we're going to work on our confidence every single day because we have new challenges, new roadblocks, new environment. I mean, the pandemic alone was a new challenge all of its own. So it's really important to work on our confidence every single day so that we can learn how to pick ourselves back up when times are tough, when we fall down, right? Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, and another thing too, it's like, there were some times when I would say like, I have a lot of self-confidence in many ways. Like if, if it was in my job, I would be like, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. You know, I could execute. So I felt like, okay, I've got confidence. 
But then what I also say is I don't have any self-worth. I would really struggle with self-worth. Like I have the confidence to do this, to do it well, in some cases do it better than other people. And then I would be afraid to ask for a raise. I would be afraid to ask for a day off. I would be afraid to call in sick because then, then if I did, then what would people think about me? You know, so um, I still struggle with that, you know, and that's why I say it's a lifetime. It's a lifetime of learning. Thanks for sharing that. And I love that you mentioned that because we all go through that, the imposter syndrome. So it's really important to realize like we are more than worthy to go out there. And if we call in sick, it's fine, right? Like the world will still move, will, will still happen. You know, things will still move forward and we'll be okay. So thanks for sharing that. And in your own words, how do you define self-confidence? I think it's being comfortable in your skin. I think it's really not about beating somebody else, you know, or winning. It's about being comfortable in your own skin and living in that body of yours, you know, that you can, that you can feel comfortable in the decisions that you're making, that you feel good about what you're doing and being able to kind of focus on you. Thanks for sharing that great definition. And Michelle, what was your life like before your discovery of self-confidence? You know, it's, it's actually really interesting. I think that in so many ways, my parents instilled a lot of self-confidence in me, whether it was inflated or not. But I think it helped me make some good decisions when I needed to make good decisions. Like I, and then in some ways, I think like, you know, I don't want to actually put judgment on good decisions or bad decisions, right? But I mean, I was a pretty easy kid when I hit a certain age and like didn't find myself making decisions that I regretted when it came to maybe like drugs or partners or, you know, things like that. And I don't want to actually put judgment on that for people. You know what I mean? But I just felt like I always had my parents' confidence building behind my behind me. At the same time, I've made terrible decisions in other ways, you know, in terms of trying to be liked or trying to be seen and valued. So, so things have happened in other aspects of my life. So I don't know when I really came into like my own self-confidence. I definitely think that you have different faces. You know, the most recent one for me is being a mother, like having the self-confidence of a mother changed me a lot because you have to be able to say, no, that's not going to work out for us. Or I would like to do this or my son will succeed in this way. So you really have to learn how to be an advocate for another human. And that is a different kind of confidence skill set. I think getting your first job, you know, is a confidence skill set. Negotiating your first raise, you know, all those things. So I, like I said, I think you're just building on blocks of confidence, whether it's like saying no to that really bad drug or whatever, or like, you know, or making a bad or making a decision not to get into a car with someone, you know, that can start it as a teenager where you're going, okay, I'm, I'm a confident kid. I, I can do this. So you're just building on those building blocks of confidence all your life. And I, I should just say, I have, I am not perfect. I've done a lot of mistakes. So I, I don't want to come across like a good, like a goody two shoes or something, but but confidence building really does help you make decisions that are good for you. Yeah, no, it's so true, right? And it's those, it's those little building blocks that really yield the results that we want, right? The confidence results, being able to be fearless and making that first step. And especially I know in the beginning of the year, you've done some, you've done some great, like some amazing things. I'd love to know a little bit of the story, you know, especially like what was that aha moment that made you create, you know, a very Asian foundation? I know it stemmed from the video 
and you've started the very Asian movement, but also you've taken it to the next level. What was that aha moment that made you decide, let's create a foundation to elevate our Asian community? Well, I think once I started seeing how, how big it was getting, like, I mean, we saw people, so we sold merch right away. And we were getting sales in from Holland and Germany and Australia and Korea and Canada. We have big fans of Canada where we did. And then like from coast to coast and the Midwest, it just felt so much bigger than me. Like it wasn't like something like, yes, I was tied to it, but really people carried it. I, you know, I was just kind of facilitating it. And so many people felt connected to it. And then I thought, well, man, are we missing something? Are we missing an opportunity to reach people? And are these people my people? Because yeah, I feel the same way. I feel the same way about not being able to buy things that reflect our family. You know, like I try to buy books for my son so that I can instill confidence in him so that he can grow up being very, like a very confident kid and not being ashamed of being mixed race. And can't find those books. I mean, I know that there are some out there, of course, but they don't reflect my family. So then it's like, well, I've always dreamt of like creating something like that, you know, and I don't know if I'll do that. But I mean, it's just this idea of, I mean, creating a book, but it's this idea of creating space where people feel like it is truly inclusive. And then I thought, oh my gosh, well, now I'm going to go on Ellen. Like what? This is exposure. Oh my gosh. Like, what? you know, you live this whole out of body experience. Like, is this really happening to me? or some other Michelle in the universe, you know? And I had some people around me who were like, I think that if, if you're going to do a next step, it should be a foundation. And then I thought, well, what if we don't raise money, you know? And all these things. And you just can't think of it that way. You just got to go head first, which is always really scary, not always recommended. But, you know, if it fails, it fails. I hope it doesn't fail. And then when I got the surprise with the check, then it was like, oh, well, shoot, there's some seed money, you know. The funny thing about the Ellen check is you can't cash the cardboard check when they give it to you. So it actually just came in the mail like a week ago, but it's been good. So and also the merchandise sales, those were really, I think that was another aha moment. Like it was like, oh, well, this is not just, you know, kids in the Midwest. This is all around the world. I love it. And I love that you, you've created a very Asian, found, like the very Asian foundation because it's so needed. I mean, one of the reasons why I created a podcast, well, this podcast specifically too, is because back then when I was dealing with my own confidence issues, I was literally looking for a support system that catered to Asian women's confidence and I couldn't find any. And so I thought either something was wrong with me or I just have to go and start something, right? And representation was also very important for me because growing up in Canada, I never saw anybody that looked like me on TV. And so for me, it's like, if I really want that change, I just got to go out there and do it, even if I have no clue what I'm doing, right? Like you mentioned, go ahead first and we can figure it out along the way. And I think people don't realize, especially as Asian women, we're very resourceful, we're very resilient. And if we want something, we're going to make it happen, right? Regardless of the situation. And so, you know, like people don't think, you know, I'm just me. Who am I to go out there and do it? You know, what difference can I make? Like you, like you in the, in the beginning of the year, you just posted this video and this video went viral and everyone started sharing everything that's Asian, whether it's dumplings or, or their, their culture, the, the clothes, like it made them proud of their Asian heritage. And that's all we want, right? We just want to be able to share it and be proud and share the experience with other people. And it's been a domino effect. Yeah, I love I love exactly what you're saying. I mean, that's the thing, like, 
and see, I, I forget that I'm coming from an Amer- like an you know Asian American perspective. But that's the thing. Like we should be able to exist as we are and have it normalized in our communities to where people aren't going, oh, that's the other, you know, like where people just other you. And to me, it seems like yes. I, I mean, I, we're not we're not going to eradicate all racism by any means, but just getting people to if if you really change the hearts and minds of people, you do it through education, right? And you start at a at an age where it's just the part of the conversation. I mean, look at like, for instance, I remember sitting in a newsroom in Wisconsin and everyone always had these debates about same-sex marriage, same-sex marriage. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it, you know, blah, 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 blah. And of course, most people were like for it, right? I mean, for same If you guys want to get married, great. If you guys want to be miserable like the rest of us, fine. I'm just kidding. But also it was just about this equity and equality. Like why, why can't people get married? And then literally one day in the newsroom, it just happened. It was like, oh, the court said that same-sex marriage is legal. And it was like, boom, done. And now it's such a bit, it's now such a normal part of our culture. And I'm not saying that people go unscathed or anything like that. There's still a lot of bias and discrimination that's happening in the world. But I mean, couldn't it, wouldn't it be nice if we could just have a culture who's just like, oh yeah, boom, done. Now everyone's feeling good about who they are and feeling empowered to bring their full selves to the workplace or to school or to whatever it is, to church, you know, that's, I think, where we need to be in our lives. You know, we're, it's like we have one life. Why would we waste it not being our true selves? And we know that so many people in the past have, have made that sacrifice or made have been through that struggle. And so many of us are saying we don't want to do that. We, we, we want more for ourselves and we want more for our kids. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I love everything that you mentioned. You know, it, it should just be that easy, right? But I know we're going through so many challenges and roadblocks, but as long as we're making that step forward, right, we're, we're in the right direction. And as we keep on going, we are going to make that change and we can inspire others to move, like walk side by side with us in this journey. And so I really, I really loved everything that you mentioned. And, you know, ever since then, like creating the Very Asian Foundation and, um, you know, being able to empower our community, what's your life been like now? It's been beautifully messy and uh, busy. It's, you know, people will say, oh, I bet it slowed down a lot. And it really hasn't because we have to get the, the foundation going. So we're doing all these things that are not glamorous, like bylaws and logos and redesigns of the website. And do we want merchandise and do we want this connection? And people are planning for May. So we're getting a lot of reach outs like, can you do this? Can you do that? But we have to, as a foundation, get our, basically get our stuff together, you know? So it's like, okay, when you donate to us, what does that mean? Where does every dollar go? What do we want to do? You know, right now, I can say that we've made the decision that, you know, every donation that comes to us, 100% of that donation will be passed along. Now, you know, it's a different situation when you're looking at like fundraisers or merchandise sales, because then you've got to like pay vendors, you got to figure out things. And then also you have to pay people who are giving their time and energy. The foundation, like I don't get paid for the foundation. I have not gotten paid for any of the work. It's illegal to do that. Like you can pay yourself a service fee or something, but I have not done that because we haven't made any money really. We've made enough money to put it back into merchandise, you know, those kinds of things. So we're busy and I am busy, like literally from morning to late, late, late night and into the next morning, just trying to figure out like where we're best 
where our best strategies are. You know, like what are our, what are the community's needs? Where can we fill gaps? Where can we not overlap? And then how can we be transparent along the way so that, so that people believe in us, you know, and, and that, that the goodwill of this movement is still seen in the foundation. So it's a lot of work because we, we weren't really expecting to be a foundation, <laughs> you know, and actually we just had this conversation yesterday because we're doing like daily meetings or daily like check-ins. And it's like, you guys, we've only been in operation. We started like January 19th. So that's four weeks, five weeks. We've only been in operation for five weeks. So we're not going to have everything figured out. But we do know, we can say at least that part about the donations. And we can also say that we're raising money for organizations already doing great work. But eventually, you know, we want our own programming. We want to meet people where they are. And so many creators and artists and, you know, transracial adopting, just so many people who are like, I would like to see myself in the foundation, you know? And so I think we, we, we have some, we have some work to do. Yeah. And I I love that you mentioned all that because people might think, oh, you're riding high, you're living the life. And it's like, actually, actually, there's a lot of work into this. You know, people don't realize like, this is like, an actual job and you're not getting paid. like you're literally giving your time to elevate our community and but yeah I, I love I love that you mentioned all that because people need to hear this right people think they see something on Instagram and it's like oh she's just living it but really no she's actually working you know 14 hour days to make it work for everybody to make it work for all all of us to have a voice in this world so thank you so much for sharing oh that is so nice for saying that I don't know you know, it's funny. It's not every night, but like, for instance, last night, I was up till about four o'clock this morning, just working, like catching up on all my emails, sending out new requests. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that needs to happen. It's, it's not sustainable, but I feel like once we get past a certain mark, then all that work will be, you know, worth it. And yeah, I, I mean, and I still have my day job and I still have my job as a mom, you know, and a wife and all those things, not jobs, but my life, you know. But yeah, it's it's good to be supported by my family because they are totally in and it's good to be supported by people like you, you know, and just that, yeah, transparency and honesty and all that stuff. So yeah, maybe I should do just a little thing so that people know, <laughs> know what's happening. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, thank you for sharing all that. And I, I just love that you've, you've created this foundation and we, we all definitely need it. And you know, to the woman who's listening to your episode, she may be in her own journey to self-confidence. What'd be that one tip you would give to her? Just know that anything can happen. Anything can change at any time. I will be really honest about where I was like seven weeks ago. (laughs) You know, I was like thinking, okay, I'm in my forties now. I finally moved home to my home state. My career is essentially over. And I didn't mean that, like, I don't want people to if someone's listening in there from St. Louis, I don't want them to be like, what? What does that mean? It just means like, you know, when you come home, you kind of like that, well, this is it. We're home, you know? And so you take a job in a different light because you're home, you know, and you do things a little differently because you're home. So I just thought, well, is this the end for me? You know, because now I really need to focus on being a mom and my career goals. I don't really know if I have career goals anymore. And also I'm in my mid mid career and what are things that I want to do? And I just thought, like, I don't know, that maybe I was kind of drifting a little bit. And then this happened to me, and it's wonderful in many ways. I mean, it was sad and horrible in many ways, and then it turned into this really beautiful gift. 
but then it's also bigger than me, you know, so I'm glad to be the facilitator, I guess, you know, but really, it's not my movement to own. And it's, it's the foundation is even not my foundation. I'm the one who has to sign the paperwork, but like we're owned by a board, you know, but really, it's just that anything can happen to anybody at any time, and it can change your life trajectory. Another good reminder is like nothing is permanent. You know, we think that we take this job or we think that we move to this city or we think that we even marry a person, you know, and that it's going to, that we have to stay rigid in, in one lane forever. And it's just not the case. You know, at any point you can make a decision to change things and at any point something may change for you. And so the question is, what work have you done to get yourself prepared for that level? I think like, for instance, your podcast, I mean, I think it's so awesome that you have, you know, this boss up mentality, right? And like the Asian women who boss up, it's this idea of being ready for that next step if it happens for you or being ready to take that next leap, whether you make the, take the power and do it yourself or whether someone kind of gives you the power. And I think back to all the times that I had done DEI training or that I had been passionate about this or that I had reported on X, Y, and Z that really has led me to like all these experiences has, has really led me to this moment. I don't know what that moment looks like, but at least I can say with confidence that, okay, I'm ready to try this. I feel supported. I know that I have to do a lot of work, but it's time. It's the time to try it. And then, you know, I always have a backup plan. Well, if it doesn't work, what happens in a year, you know, then, and that's okay. Because again, the whole thing is that nothing is permanent either. We just do our best and try to live our best lives and, and do right by the people who we care about in our community. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm really making good sense. <laughs> but No worries. You're making a lot of sense. Yes. Especially as Asian women, you know, we're taught to always have a rigid life, a rigid one way of living. And so we need to learn that we're all not going to live the same life. And it's important like, to be adaptable to change. And if something's not permanent, we know how to pivot and things like that. I mean, the pandemic has been the biggest lesson of our lives. So everything you mentioned made total sense. And so you know, I'm really, I really appreciate just you being here. And if our listeners wanted to get to know you, connect with you, make a donation to the Very Asian Foundation, is there any links or social media profiles we can connect with? Yeah, sure. Okay, you can always find me on social media and it's Michelle Lee TV. And then we have the Very Asian Foundation on social. And also we have a website, very-asian.com. I will say though, we are in a redesign. We're going to change our domain and get a new website and all those things. We just moved very fast, you know, in the beginning to get things up. So we'll try to look like a, you know, a more stable foundation, you know, like with the .org and all those things. Thank you so much, Michelle. And to our listeners, if you want to connect with Michelle, you can head on over to the TaoSelfConfidence.com and search for Michelle's name. Her show notes will pop up along with everything else that we talked about. And I really just want to thank Michelle today for taking the time to share her story and for, you know, creating such a, a, a big voice now for the Asian community. So thank you so much. My gosh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. It was an honor to have you on the show. And to our listeners, be on the lookout for another new episode of Another Amazing Woman's Journey to Self-Confidence. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Tao of Self-Confidence. Visit our website at thetowofselfconfidence.com to check out cool resources, blog articles, show recaps, and so much more. 
your inner journey to self-confidence awaits.